I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Bird to your mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just the trio of feathery brethren weathering any season to see the Eagles eating teams like Scrammy's top with cheese. It's Philadelphia. Both when Zach kicking it cooler than three penguins till Zach runs off with his valet keys. He's a real nuanced goose. Pull up a branch, get loose. It's time for some juice on some birds with friends. The early bird gets the worm, but prefers getting turned like a turn on some birds with friends. Both and Zach coming at you with steps and things, flapping their wings this on. Uh, they can feel like bathing suits. What they, you know, what? <laughs> Finish it up. <laughs> Sometimes you gotta take them off. What the hell? What they show is is revealing, but what they conceal is vital, right? So, (laughs) hello everybody, and welcome to Craning Camp Day Two. Birds with friends: Bo Wolf, Zach Berman, Marissa Dunn here. And you know, a couple episodes ago, we had the Ospreys as we said goodbye to a dear friend, and today, melancholy strikes again. We begin by saying goodbye to one of the greatest Eagles of all time, Zach. Ryan Kerrigan has retired. Yes, although he his last impression was the finest he ever looked in an Eagles uniform. One and a half sacks, two tackles for a loss against Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But yes, Kiss Ryan Kerrigan. Ryan Kerrigan retires as a Washington uh Football. I mean, I I, I was going to say true. commander. Let's see if you can never, get yourself into trouble here. Yeah. No, but he never played for the commander. He was never a commander. Yeah. He, exactly. So that's why I was a little. Uh, he was a football teamer. Yes. Uh, he was a football. What's teamer. your favorite regular season Ryan Kerrigan moment as an Eagle? <laughs> uh, when I asked him about George Karloftis, and he oh, gave yeah. a great answer. That's a good one. Yes. That was a good one. Too yeah, bad he yeah. couldn't. You, you didn't end up getting to use that. Mine was that one play where like he had to jump to try to um uh. I don't know if it was a tipped ball or he was sort of in coverage at a jump, and it was like the kind of jump that I could make where it was uh, looked very That's a flex right there. Oh. No, no, that is not a flex. That is that is the opposite of a flex. That's what it looked like. So, by the way, I I see some questions in the chat. I will take full responsibility. We are late because of me. Okay, not Marissa, not Bo. This was all because of me. I was working on our practice report today. And uh, did, did not finish it by my self-imposed three o'clock deadline. Finished it at three o two. So that is on me. Because you're a suburbs guy now. You're, you're no longer. Well, that's a man not of the, the city. reason. Because because even when I'm driving, I'm kind of ruminating about the different thoughts. It's it's more just just making sure that I'm giving our subscribers something worth subscribing to, right? You want to give insight and little, you know, you want to throw in some 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 quotes, some personal opinion in there. That's what I'm trying to do. Do you feel less connected to the uh, the grid of the city, not not living in the city anymore? Do you feel like you have less of a pulse of the average fan? Well, no, no, because I think the average fan is from the greater area. But I, I definitely feel, you know, I, I I don't feel as much a fabric of the city anymore because I'm mm. I'm not there as frequently. But I'm still there 
a good amount, right? Like, like, don't let's, let's not get this twisted. You can, <laughs> you can run into me. You can run into me at pasta fichios. You can Schuylkill run into trail. Me. Not as much the Schuylkill trail, but, but, but throughout, you know, you know, throughout the city, you, you will see me this year. I promise. Have you, you given any thought to potentially biking from your house to, uh, to NovaCare? I have, but there aren't as many bike trails and I get a little mm. worried in the, uh, in the roads, you know, like you can, a car that's you know, if, if if someone's reading Bo's tweets and mm. uh, they're not paying attention, you got to be careful there. So, yeah, you know, uh, the guy who used to be on this podcast uh, was was has always been properly fanatical about uh, you know don't mess with the phone uh, when you're driving. He's he's good about that. He's he's he sticks to it. Now that he's gone, all I do is is I'm I, I don't even look at the road anymore. I I'm only tweeting as I drive just just to stick it to him. <laughs> I was in the car yesterday listening to him and it was, uh, it, it was like a, like an ex lover, right? It, you know, it was, it, it was tough. <laughs> Do tell, go on. All right. That's probably a bad analogy. No, it's, it's like, uh, well, that's literally the analogy I made at the beginning of that episode. But. Yeah. It's, it's like watching someone who, who leaves in free agency. Right. So how about that? And then the, so, I mean, was it stirring those kind of ex lover emotions in you? I should not have opened up that Pandora's box. We got a practice to discuss here. Let's we're talking let's, about practice. By the way, I, I used that line in my Jalen Hurts story. Uh, the, how this is a a market that the quote Allen Iverson likes talking about practice. Very nice. And they also used it in uh, the Philadelphia episode of Players. I believe episode eight. I uh, am very excited to watch the uh, season finale, which I believe is is available now. And uh, I think that'll be my treat for myself tonight. Very excited. Okay. Uh, so, yes, we have the second practice to discuss in this episode of Birds with Friends. We'll have a Quactus report. And before we do that, though, I mean, we got to know what's going on from the man who may not live in the city anymore, but he's still got the pulse of the city. It still courses through his veins. Let's send it over to the Stone Cold Newsman, Zach Berman. The Philadelphia Eagles practiced on Friday for 75 minutes, which is 17 <laughs> minutes longer than their first session on Wednesday. This this practice included some celebrities on the sideline, including former Broncos coach Vic Fangio, former Eagles wide receivers coach, and current Maryland wide receivers coach Gunter Brewer. Gunter uh, Brewer. Uh, the Eagles. We will discuss what happened in in practice afterwards. So I will just I will just give you there's there's not many uh, there's there are not as as many um, injuries to report you on. I see Bo and Marissa cracking up here. Uh, it's it's really the the, the Eagles remain healthy, uh, partly because of their what 58 minute practice and their walkthrough yesterday, but. Um, you know, they, they had Jason Kelsey back on a limited basis. Fletcher Cox practice, Fletcher Cox practices on a limited basis. Uh, and then in addition, uh, we have, you guys got to stop laughing here. Okay. I'm, oh I'm, I'm going to fight through here because I'm a pro. Um, we have uh, Carrick Weefall did not practice. And Zach Pascal continued to be absent uh, or, or sidelined, I should say. He was on the sidelines. Uh, Zach Pascal said on social media that he has food poisoning and he would not wish that upon anybody. So uh, 
those are <laughs> your updates from practice as far as um, some news and notes, if you will. Uh, we discussed last time the players wearing the Guardian caps. Jason Kelsey wanted to be a little bit more protected than simply the, the Guardian caps, so he actually wore bubble wrap on top of the Guardian caps. Uh, my five-year-old son would have liked that. He really enjoys popping mm. the uh, bubble wrap. Uh, yeah, and then, yeah, and then Lane Johnson said, you know, that uh, they they don't feel awkward, but they look stupid. He said, I think it's it's goofy as bleep um, mm. to look at. So that was Lane Johnson today. And then uh, one Jason uh, Kelsey had a, had a good quote with a curse word in it. Yeah, should I say that? I, yeah. I, I think that's I think that's going a little viral. And Jason Kelsey was was, was oh, he about, thinks his own tweet is going viral. Big flex. No, not the tweet. The quote. I wasn't the only person who tweeted it out. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, in this city, he said he's a quote. In this city, it feels like every year the media thinks we're really good, we end up being shitty. And every year the media thinks we're going to be shitty, we end up being really good. And you got to say you're going to curse. It's is a family friendly show. Didn't you preface it just now? By, by saying another yeah, curse. I didn't know you were going to say it. I was it felt um, like a dare, but I guess you you are committed to working blue. This is this is your new personality. Hard edge so, Zach for 2022. Uh, our 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 friend Ruben Frank had a uh, a story. I think it was last week looking at the Eagles history when their over under is nine and a half, and you know it's it's like every time they're nine and a half, they've gone under it in 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 recent years. So there is some uh, some credence to that. Jason Kelsey wasn't suggesting that they're going to be bad this year because we think they're going to be good. He was simply saying that they need to put in the work, that this was a they, that he he's not kind of paying attention to everything, and this was a message he gave to the team. Uh, I don't know if it was today or recently. All right. What are you uh, laughing at now, Bo? I, uh, earlier on, I was laughing at uh, – I, uh, <laughs> I can't even say this. At Gunter Brewer? No, I like. I mean, I enjoy my Gunter Brewer. It was a a comment. <laughs> I'm losing it. I don't know what's so funny here. I I I came to do a podcast, and I see I, I see you. I see you, Marissa. It's the second camp, and I'm already exhausted. I got nothing yeah. left. It's like you're at a John Mulaney concert here. So. Uh. Yeah, why don't you give us uh, George Carlin's uh, famous seven words? <laughs> we don't need to do that. Let's let's talk practice. What were your observations? You can read mine in a few minutes on the athletic, but uh, I'm I'm curious what jumped well, out. Well, let's start with the the overarching thing, which was that uh, it seems pretty. You know, Jason Kelsey acknowledged this that <clears throat> on day one it seemed like the offense got the better part of the defense, and on day two it seemed like the defense had the better part of the offense. Jalen Hurts threw uh, threw an interception to Avante Maddox. Intended for Dallas Goddard. That was a nice uh, rising play by Avante Maddox. But it, it, it did seem to me like uh, the defense was ahead of the offense today. And it was interesting. Um, you know, you always want to see when they're doing things differently than before or than they did on the day prior. And on day one, it was nothing but ones versus ones, twos versus twos. Today, there were there was a session where it was uh, first team offense against second team defense and, and vice versa. And even uh, when it was first team offense against second team, team defense, it did not seem like the offense was uh, having a great day. I mean, I I feel like the like the keeping track of who wins the day between offense defense is a little bit uh, a little bit like myopic and like too focused on the 
like individual day of camp, but I think it is also true to say that that the offense was not as good today. Yeah, so it's the age-old training camp question, right? Uh, the is is it your offense or is it the defense? Um, That's and, correct. Okay, I I did not see the comment. Um, I simply heard the laughter, but uh, uh, I I don't know what that means because I don't know what that means. Okay, um, but. Uh, as as I was saying, do you think do you think this was more a byproduct of the offense playing poorly or the defense showing out? Uh, well, you know, I sort of I sort of take uh, Kelsey's uh, word for it that he felt like the defense came out with like a little bit more energy today because uh, they were bested on day one. I think that's probably fair to say. Um, and I think I you know I, I didn't think Jalen Hurts was necessarily bad today, um, but he wasn't as sharp as he was on day one. Would you agree? Uh, well, I definitely agree. I didn't think Jalen Hurts was sharp at all. And and what I wrote in our practice observations was that I I frankly expected more from the offense earlier this season. As Jason Kelsey pointed out, the second okay, practice of training camp. Well, no, let me finish here, Bo. Okay. Uh, as Jason Kelsey pointed out, a question was was posing about all these new additions, and he said, "Really, there's only one new addition for offense, right? It's it's simply it's it's AJ Brown. Um, the offense is in the second year in this scheme." They basically have everyone back. They've added A.J. Brown to the mix here. Uh, they, the defense is the unit that that is making, in theory, more schematic adjustments. They have uh, different players in different spots than they had a year ago. You would think that early on in camp, based on continuity, the offense would be crisper. Uh, now, I, I will, will, will keep this in perspective. We saw a practice last year on a Saturday, I believe it was, when the offense was horrible. It was the worst I've ever seen them perform. It was like they couldn't complete a pass, right? Um, this was not egregious. You know, we, we've seen worse. But I, I, I thought that uh, outside there was a crossing pattern to A.J. Brown from Jalen Hurts' left to his right. Uh, that was a nice play. I should have included that in the practice report as I'm thinking about it. Uh, but other yeah, was than that, through. yeah, that was nice. Yeah, there were not many plays that I would say, like, man, that that was the play of the day. I, 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 I mean, that's fair. Uh, but also, like, you know, we're talking about like a 15 play sample, basically, and like half of those plays were runs. Like, it's just, you know, you can't, you can't, you can't get uh, too hot and bothered by it. It's like. It's a couple plays, and they're also like they're trying Jalen to. Jalen still had like fifteen passes, though. You know, he if if you have fifteen, 15 passes pa in team periods, I don't think that's right. Are you going by ESP's notes? No, uh, I mean, I was I was just looking at like completion okay. and completion. Um, there was like fourteen or fifteen in there, and yeah, you know, I know, but there's like, like, there's ground. there's like screens in there. It's you know they're working on things. You don't know if like you know part of the part of the process is like does. Uh, does this play work against this defense? Like, it, it's hard to well, know. Well, then the exactly. answer would be no, then. Well, yeah, <laughs> sure. But, like, I, I don't think it's necessarily like, oh, stock down Jalen Hurts today, as as opposed to, like, okay, they learned some things today that are going to be important. Well, so I'm going to push back here, and I'm I'm going to I'm going to sound like 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 Shield, uh, frankly, you know, and, uh, you know, I, I, I there's let's this. See here, let's hear your Shield impression. No, I'm not doing a shield impression. I'm speaking like Zach, but um, there's this 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 tendency this time of year to say 
say, oh, don't make a big deal out of one practice. But then on the flip side, we're giving daily practice reports. By definition, what we're doing is making a big deal out of a given practice. We're not sure. saying this is how they're going to be on the aggregate. But if if we're doing a daily podcast about today's practice and the offense looked bad in today's practice, then it's it's perfectly reasonable to suggest then. Yeah, Jalen but we're also, trying to, we're also trying today. to contextualize what that means. And what that means does not have to be like, uh, oh, man. The defense, the offense is in trouble. We don't like, eh, I don't know. The, oh, no. Eagles, the Eagles better start looking for that quarterback. Yeah. It no, could just I'm not be saying that. Uh, like yeah. the offense had a bad day today. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's fair. But, but that's exactly what I'm saying is that if you, so if you're doing stock up, stock down, right? Like, uh, you know, there are, are certain stocks that were Boots, down today, uh, right? Is it stock but, up or stork up? Stork up, stork down. I mean, it's, what is it? Stock up or stock, stork down? Like, I, mean, I don't know. <laughs> um, Marissa, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I've been on mute because I've been laughing too much. <laughs> but I'm doing good. Uh, okay. Uh, so, so anyways, um, but an interesting note that I actually, uh, something our, our, you, you mentioned ESP. ESP brought it up to me in the middle of practice and I kind of downplayed it. But then as I was driving home, I, thought more about it. And I, and I said, it is something that I, I, I need to mention. And that's Miles Sanders took, took snaps with the second team offense today. And I'm not, as I wrote, I'm not suggesting this means there's going to be more of a timeshare. God bless you. Um, or, or that, uh, <laughs> uh, or that uh, Miles Sanders isn't the top running back, but they, they seem to deliberately be getting Kenny Gainwell and Boston Scott work with the first team offense. What do you make out of that? I, I hate to uh, be the poo-poo guy, but I, I, I don't make much of it. Um, Nothing's think, a big deal today, right? It's, <laughs> well, yes, the practice. second day of training camp. I I do think that nothing's a huge deal. But, like, they, you know, they do this on defense, too. Like, you know, it's it's uh, Davion Taylor getting reps with uh, with TJ Edwards on the first team sometimes and, and Kaiser White on the second team, like, that's not what's going to happen come the regular season. They want to test out these combinations. They probably want to see, uh, you know, those guys with the ones. I, I suppose that it's notable because it's a difference than last year. Yes. It doesn't. It doesn't seem like that's what they did last year with the running backs. Um, but I, you know, I, I, I am curious. My expectation is that they're going to lean pretty heavily on Miles Sanders this year because it's the last year of his contract. You might as well, um, you know, you know, burn those uh, those treads while he's still under contract, but. I guess it's notable in that it's something different. It's something worth asking about. Um, but I don't like, I don't expect that, you know, Miles Sanders is not going to be, uh, you know, over overtaken for the number one running back job. If he's healthy at the start of the season. I agree. And by the way, I think Miles has looked good this summer in the two sessions that, we, that we've seen. He's explosive. Well, he, he bobbled, he bobbled a pass on day one. He's, he still can't catch the ball. No, but in terms of like, you're looking for juice, you're looking for explosiveness from him. He has that. Right, like, like I he, think Gainwell's looked pretty good. Yeah, you you wrote in your uh, piece that appeared Monday in terms of the offensive players that like he's the guy who can kind of take the biggest leap this year. I think so. I mean, if you're just like talking about <clears throat> like defining it pedantically as like a, a big leap, like there's only so much better that a guy like Dallas Goddard or Devonte Smith can get, and, and I think with Gainwell, like there, it's clear that Nick Sirianni 
expected, like had a designated role for him based on the way he was used at the beginning of last season. And then some combination of he wasn't quite ready for that and the style of the offense changed, uh, meant that he was playing much less as the season went on. But I think that if, you know, there's there's reason to expect that in year two for a guy who didn't play in 2020, uh, opted out for COVID, that, that you know, there's, there's a reason to believe he could take a big jump. Certainly something to monitor. Our, our daily Hassan Reddick watch. Hmm. Um, and this time we have, we have Jonathan Gannon quotes about it. Yes. Uh, he, 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 he rushed a little bit more than the other day, but he still dropped enough that it, like it was, it was apparent out the, out there. And they're gonna, this is going to be, if, if not the way they use them, they're, they're certainly getting a look of him in this spot. What did you make of that today and of what Gannon said? Well, this is what one intrepid reporter asked Jonathan Gannon before practice. He said, uh, following up on Hassan Reddick, in what situations, well, I guess I'll, I'll, let me backtrack. Let's read both, both things. The first question was from your boy ESP. He said, a player like Hassan Reddick, how do you balance the desire to have him drop back since he's done it versus just having him go after the quarterback? And Gannon said, uh, yeah, good question. Gannon, I, I gave a lot of good questions today, yeah. I feel. Maybe 75%. Um, he said, that's what I love about camp. We're in the process of figuring those things out, not just with Hassan, but everybody. It's a process that we take that, uh, hey, let's see what we like, what we don't. This is what the guy is good at, what he's comfortable at, what we need him to do, what looks good, what does, what we want to add, what we want to throw away. It's just all a process and getting better every day. And so Zach, the intrepid reporter that he is, wants a little bit more clarification there. He's, let's get a little bit under the surface of that of that answer. He says, Following up on that, in what situations would it be advantageous for him to drop in coverage as opposed to just going after the quarterback? And Gannon says, he's a really good cover guy. Wait, so some, by the way, decidedly not a good question in Jonathan's eyes. Well, you know what? Maybe that's the maybe that's the tell. If he says good question, it's not a good question. If he doesn't say good question, <laughs> but then, that he's, yeah, then that was, means was... he's, he bristles a little bit. Uh, he's a really good cover guy, so sometimes that's a matchup-driven thing. He knows that when we that when he would be dropping, like all our overhang players, there was a reason why we do that. Flexibility within the defense, depending on what the offense does, that's the kind of spacing we want to play, and it helps his teammates win some one-on-one -on -one battles. So that's a process with all those guys that we are figuring out now. And I think that was on your radar, and I think the tweet that you had um, is about as harsh as you can get. For a Zach Berman, it's, it's basically like, this guy's a doofus. <laughs> You said you said something no, to the no, effect no. of John, anytime if, he's. If you are listening, I do not. I, I actually think you're a very bright guy, and I enjoy speaking to you. I do not think you're a doofus. Okay, go on, Bo. Let's see. You tweeted, tweeted. Ryan Kerrigan is retiring from the NFL. You tweeted, asked specifically why the Eagles would drop H. Reddick into coverage. Gannon said because he's good at it. The matchup could require it, and it could help his teammates. And then in parentheses, my take. Just about any time Reddick isn't rushing the quarterback sounds like a win for the offense. I mean, yeah, you I, you're I running the guy out of town based on on the subtext there. <laughs> I am not running him out of town. Simply, yeah. Look, I am not an offensive coordinator in in this league. But if I was game planning, if I'm using Shields, what perspiration test hmm. is, 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 is that, that trademark? Is, go ahead. I'll, is I'll, that what it I'll is? At, it. Yeah. So, what's going to make the opposing offensive coordinator perspire more? Hassan Reddick rushing the quarterback or Hassan Reddick covering your tight ends, right? If if you're um, – who's the Lions uh, – you know, I, I mean, they they no longer – they have a, a new offensive coordinator this year. Uh, it's Ben Johnson 
is their offense coordinator this year. So Ben Johnson, the Canadian steroids guy. Uh, no, not the Canadian steroids. Oh. <laughs> no, they are former tight ends coach, uh, Ben Johnson. Um, and so if, if you're Ben Johnson and you're preparing for week one, all right, do you want Hassan you're Reddick up on those steroids? Do you want Hassan Reddick coming around the edge and against Jared Goff? Or or do you want him chasing TJ Hawkinson? What's gonna I would if, much <laughs> rather have him chasing TJ Hawkinson than uh if you're Ben Johnson, yeah. If I'm Ben Johnson, yes. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, if go. I'm Ben Johnson, I'm much more concerned that I have one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, and I know that, like, you know, you could be dropping in coverage against TJ Hawkinson and we'd be in trouble. However, your the point is valid. That quarterback has less of a chance of being hit if it's not Reddick's in coverage, right? Like I would, I would take my chances, you know, in in that situation. And by the way, if if I'm up in that box and I'm Howie Roseman and I'm sitting next to Jeffrey Lurie, uh, or, or or sitting in the in the box with 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 Jeffrey Lurie, and I said, I just gave this guy fifteen million dollars a year, but it's best for his his teammates if he covers T.J. Hawkinson. I would say, can't we get like a, a fifth round pick to do that? You know, um, I mean, we don't need to pay someone $15 million a year to do that. So again, I don't want to make too much out of nothing. We, this is the time of year when you're trying different things, you're preparing, and there might be a play here, a play there when he does need to drop in the coverage um, based on a certain look, a guy goes in the motion. But overall, if their plan is to do this, uh, I think that's a poor plan. And I will I, if, if Jonathan asked me my opinion, I would tell him that Jonathan's not asking me my opinion, but yeah, I, I, I do feel comfortable. So you think I'm a doofus, opinion. huh? <laughs> not at all. Not at all. I totally agree. I don't think you. I've ever used the word doofus, by the way. Have you? Try it out. I mean, I, I, you have been using it. I used it twice this episode. No, already. but yeah. out, outside of this podcast, have you ever used the word doofus in a conversation? I'm sure that I have because otherwise <laughs> I, it wouldn't, it wouldn't have come to me when I said it. Sounds like something they would have said in Saved by the Bell when I was like eight years old. You Dorcas. I I think you're exactly right. I mean, they're, you know, it's unrealistic to say that he should be rushing the passer every time he's on the field, right? Um, Every time the opposition is dropping back to pass. But if it's if it's like if he's doing that a third of the time, that's too much. Like he he is he is their best pass rusher. They desperately need pass rushing. If you can't, to, to exactly what you just said, if you can't find somebody to uh, do what he can do coverage-wise, then what are we doing here? Like, l- let him go. So I think it's I think it's going to be a topic that's going to be something we talk about a lot this season. I think I think frustratingly so. Uh, now, now, one Hassan Reddick nugget here. He is at 247 pounds now. Uh, when he was at the combine back in 2017, he was 237 pounds. When uh, you know the Eagles list him at 240 pounds, he's up to 247. He, he said, "Make that change, NFL." You know, in their mm-hmm. on their media site, um, he likes this 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 weight. He feels he can still move, but gives him a, a little more power in his bull rush. Um, so it is something that that he. He has been adding weight and uh, certainly something to monitor as uh, as well with Hassan Reddick. He's bigger than he's been in the past. I've always found it difficult. I've, I've never been a big like, uh, like, what does this guy weigh 
relative to like what the expectations should be for his position. Like I I'm interested to know when a guy makes a change to his body and it's, he's, he's lighter or heavier than in the past. But if it's like, you tell me that like this linebacker weighs 247, I just, it's not internalized in my mind, like where that stands relative to other players in his position. Are you like that? Well, I, I actually don't like when, when there's like prototypes, a guy can't be under this weight or above this weight or right. this height or that. It'd be like, yeah, you have to look at at a player for for who he is, you know. And there's a, I, I mean, there is data for for body distribution. I, I do think there's validity to that, right? But, but not all two forty seven is created equal, you know. What kind of two forty seven is it, right? I, I mean, um, so I, I would say, and, yeah, and Marissa, two hundred forty seven pound uh, Devonte Smith versus two hundred forty seven pound uh, Jordan Davis, uh, two different animals. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, but you see, off offensive linemen after after their playing days, when they'll be able to drop like 120 pounds, right? Because yeah, Bu Allen looking good these days. Yeah, they they probably didn't naturally. I'm sorry, uh, 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 they they their body wasn't meant to carry that type of weight originally. So, uh, anyways, uh, yeah, not all body distribution is equal. That could be a drop. That not all body distribution is equal. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> I feel like we got a lot of good like drop opportunities these past couple episodes, and we gotta we, you know we're gonna have to like rework some stuff. We 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 got to get that other guy out of the intro, so you know. I I wouldn't keep calling him the other guy. We can pay Shield respect. I mean, he's he well, helped. We he couldn't helped, pay Shield. That's why he left. He helped build this show. Well, no, no, no. We. I mean, I'm staying out of that conversation. I'm a decidedly a company man here. Okay, but uh, I have. I have great respect for Shield, right? So I, I mean, I will say his name proudly and often. Okay. Well, good for one of us. All right, let's take a little break uh, here from our sponsors, and then we'll be back to talk some more Quackus report. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, back on Birds with Friends, Bo, Zach, and Marissa. Speaking of brains, uh, Dallas Goddard today said, uh, you only get one brain. You might as well take care of it. I think that's a good I would agree with piece that. of advice. Yes. yes. There are different things you could do to, to strengthen your brain, your memory. Yeah, you should, you should definitely do that. Crossword puzzles. Wordle. Say. You're a big Wordle guy. Oh, I haven't done today's Wordle, actually. It's not. I'm a, quite, I'm a company man, by the way. Mentioning Wordle here, right? Yeah. Well, I do Ooh, the New York the, Times crossword puzzle. That's what go. I'm doing. Yeah. Do you do the uh, Sunday one? I do. Yeah. Good job. I don't always finish it, but I try. In pen or pencil? Oh no, on the app. On, oh, on the app. Gotcha. I'm a company guy. Come on. My grandfather does that in pen, right? Like that's that's confidence. Mm, I do it in blood. <laughs> 
<laughs> on my phone. So things a whole mess. <laughs> Marissa, you're you're Marissa cracking yourself. Yes. I mean, it's like the Friday sillies for yeah, sure. Total Friday sillies. <laughs> uh and good it's news a, is we've got another practice tomorrow yeah that's what i'm saying it doesn't feel like a friday to me right because because we're back at practice tomorrow so yeah. it's every day is like a monday for you i wish i love mondays <laughs> jeez anti-carfield anti over here no, mondays are terrible during the season you get no sleep mondays are full of opportunity right it's it's like you know you're the whole week's ahead of you it's great you are a, you are a walking motivational poster it's impressive. Thank you. It's uh, very all right. Impressive. What else? Uh, what else jumped out to you today from practice? Uh, well, I, I actually believe my report just went up. Um, so I would say among uh, the the lottery ticket cornerbacks, which is what I call the mm. the late round undrafted guys last year, uh, Mac McCain's the one who's who's jumping out so far. And I should I should frame it that way because I, I wrote in a story that appeared Wednesday at our like training camp primer um, that Carrie Vincent Jr. was the player I was going to watch. Right. And it's still early in camp, but Mac McCain seems to be ahead of Vincent and of take Allen. Um, so, well, this yeah, is interesting interception and, today. And this is to the point that we talked about on the last podcast. And I asked Gannon about it today uh, about just how there are only so many reps to go around at cornerback. I mean, if you just think about it, they go three deep for three teams which is nine spots, but they have 12 corners. And that means that they're constantly rotating these guys. And so on, uh, what was it, Wednesday, the first day of practice, I think it was actually Gowan and Vincent who were getting more snaps with the second team. Today, it was McCain's opportunity, and he took advantage of that opportunity, to your point. He had a, a pass breakup and an interception, um, whereas like uh, Vincent was working with the third team. And what they had today that they didn't have on Wednesday was that developmental period at the end of practice where all of the undrafted guys got to get extra reps today, which they didn't get on Wednesday. But but to your point, yes, McCain uh, had a good day. So I'm a little hesitant when I I, I, I wrote this now, and I got to say my evaluation skills clearly are not very strong because this time last year, I was saying Eric Wilson's really going to be, be a factor on this team. Linebacker but, uh, is, uh, is, I think, the the – the most difficult thing to, okay. to judge during training camp. But I, I like what I'm seeing from, from Kaiser white, right? He's I, active. I think he, yeah, he's active. He moves well. You know, I, I wrote and I believe this, he's like what they hoped that Davion Taylor would become. Right. You know, he's, he's like that, that weak side linebacker who, who can move, who can cover. He had a sack today. Uh, I, Davion I Taylor had an interception. Him. He did. It was a deflected. Play. It was McCain's yeah, deflection. Right. Yeah. yeah. Let's give credit to Mac here. Um, but uh, you're, trying to, you're trying to bury Davion Taylor. I'm just yes. saying the guy was around the ball. Um, but uh, uh, Kaiser White, someone who has jumped out to me, um, the Avante Maddox interception. Uh, so you 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 mentioned that he he made a good leaping interception. Dallas Goddard said he wishes Jalen Hurts put a little more air on the ball uh, so Goddard could have caught it. Uh, but uh, you know, I, I think. The Avante Maddox. Did he throw Hertz quite under the bus like that? Yeah, you want to hear the? Oh, I mean, he didn't. Yeah, give me the quote. I'll give you the quote here. Um, was, I remember him saying that Avante like jumped like he was. Yeah, feet. so he said, uh, "I'm pulling this up here." Okay, I know, uh, I know, he is only five nine, but he jumped like he's six five. He got up there. It was a great play by him. Kind of baited the quarterback. He took a couple. He took a, a couple steps up. 
I think he was guessing that I was going to be running the corner and he made a good play on the ball. I wish it could have been a touch higher so I could have caught it instead of him, but it's day two okay. of camp. We'll get it right. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. So he's in the Bo Wolf camp. It's day two. Nothing we say. No, according to you, he's in the, he's in the, we need a new quarterback camp. <laughs> like, I wish the wall could have been higher. Let's get another quarterback. <laughs> Let me see how Car Carson Strong throws that bad boy. It's the silent. Then, speaking of Carson Strong, you know, we don't get to see much of him because we saw, he's, we he's saw less of him today than on, on day one. And again, well, yeah. just in, in, in context of what changed from day one to day two uh, or practice one to practice two on practice one, Carson Strong did get some real uh, team reps. It was, it was weighted towards Reed Sinet. today. It was mostly all Reed Sinet until yep. the very end. Exactly. So as I said, Reed Sinet's been kind of been the, the number three guy this year, uh, so far in, in camp, but they had a developmental period at the, at the end where, uh, Carson Strong had a seven on seven. Uh, he was the quarterback in a seven on seven period, made a nice pass down the left sideline to Britton Covey. Um, and gotta say, put some, it was a strong Carson Strong had a strong arm in that situation. Like he, he looked good there. I remember we talked about this at the senior bowl. Uh, he does, he, he throws, um, it's, it's a, like a very lofted deep ball. Uh, he gets a lot of air under that bad boy. Um, but that was a solid throw. It, it did not uh, connect. And I thought that Josh Blackwell was actually in solid coverage, uh, even though Kobe got behind him. I'm not, I, I mean, it's, it is still way too early uh, to have a camp crush, but you're looking for, you're looking for guys who just flash just a little bit here and there. Like who, who makes you go, Oh, that was interesting. And in that developmental period, I, I liked what I saw from Mario Goodrich. He's on my radar. I'm not, he's not, we're, we're not even at the point of saying there's a, a leader in the clubhouse, but uh, you know he he did something that made me uh, write some notes down. So I'm some guy. Yes, mm -hmm. and of course Mario Goodrich's um, Bizarro World counterpart Wario Badpour. <laughs> you gotta explain that to me. What's to explain? Everything is opposite. Oh, okay, <laughs> sorry about that. I, I was I try I was thinking there's like a player named Wario uh, be a bad for, so I yeah okay now I understand it. If if you okay, recall, okay, we can break it down. We can let's 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 no 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 I the I Mario get the joke. Oh, I get Wario. The joke. You get you get know the joke. Mario Wario yes. right? Yeah so yeah. But why game. why isn't that Luigi? Well, it's uh, you know what originally I had thought that it might be Luigi, hmm. but Mario and Luigi are partners. They're True. buds. They're not hmm. uh, you know they're not Bizarro versions of each other. Whereas uh, Mario and Wario are, you know, the opposite of good is bad and the opposite of rich is poor. So that's why it's Wario bad poor. You could you, you could go like uh, Luigi solid. Uh, what's like a synonym of of rich uh, Wealthy. Uh, Luigi solid well to do. OK, but, but no, I, I have an honest question here and I, I hope this doesn't make me sound like uh cultural ignorant here but uh um so i know mario i know luigi who's who's wario i never heard of wario oh so this is the problem yeah wario is like his nemesis okay i i did not and know that is that something i should have known you see the m i i would say yes <laughs> i would say yes as a as a person of your age probably okay. but i i also uh having known you as long as i have i'm not surprised that you didn't know it <laughs> there you go. I, I don't know if that's a compliment or an insult, but uh, no, you're you've you've 
you've displayed that you're uh, singularly focused. You know, if I, I'm if I was asking not... you for if I was asking you for uh, uh, if I was referencing somebody on the '93 Michigan Wolverines, then yeah, I would expect you to know. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely not singularly focused, right? Like I I I I can talk to you about a lot of different topics. Just Mario and Luigi is not one of them. Stocks. <laughs> Talked about many different topics. You got any good stock Anyways. tips these days? Uh, New York Times. This, I I'm saying yeah. I, I would say read you know the. The Sunday business section, if you, if you want any information there. Um, okay. Did you play Game Boy growing up, Zach? I did. I love Tetris. Chat wants to know. Yeah. <laughs> I, lo I, I love Tetris. I was really into Tetris. Yes. Um, but, uh, but I was, look, I, I was really into reading books. I was really into, uh, you know, watching Sports Center. Yeah. I, I wasn't as much as the Mario. with that. Okay. All right, let's get back on track. Okay. Uh, anybody else uh, stand out for you today? You know, I think uh, a second day in a row, you're looking for guys who are who are continuing to flash a little bit. Grant Calcaterra, another good day. He's getting open. I'm waiting for you to say, I told you so. You didn't. I mean, he looks good. Okay. I mean, if 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 I recall, you and Shield like killed. I don't that think. Day. I don't. I don't. And maybe I'm. Wrong. I was saying. This maybe is I'm wrong. Player. I don't remember killing it as much as Shield did, but I I, I I'm I'm willing to accept that if that's it's a good the thing. Case. We have an archive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, our our listeners, do you recall what Bo's reaction was to them drafting Grant Calcaterra? In any event, um, yeah, yeah, Grant Calcaterra has. Has looked good, and um, now he's a pass-catching tight end, right? So I was gonna, I was gonna bring up the question: Could he supplant Jack Stoll as the number two tight end? But the reality is, they they fill different roles. Like Stoll is your your blocking tight end, and Grant Calcaterra is your pass-catching tight end. It doesn't, um, it's not okay. very good. It's not very good for, uh, probably for JGR. I think a white side's chances of making. I agree. Now, obviously, you know Tyree Jackson is is on PUP. He yep. had that December uh, or early January torn ACL. My guess is they're going to carry him on on PUP to start the season and not activate him. We don't, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know what his actual projected timetable is. Also, uh, very important to remember uh, for the real sickos that they changed the PUP rules this year, where it's not six games, but it's four games that you have to be carried. So. All the more reason to expect that that is where Tyree Jackson will land, but yeah, I think I think uh, I think Calcaterra more is whether it's pushing Stoll, it's like whether they need to add somebody else or you know carry a dick rod, and I feel like at this stage it seems like they may not have to. Uh, have you so, ever called him Richard Rogers, by the way? Just out of curiosity, have you have ever, ever called him? Yes. Yeah, sure. And then okay. I invented the name, and it stuck. Uh, let's look at our Grand Calcaterra grades just to be, okay. you know, call ourselves on it. I gave it a C. Yeah. I said, uh, I understand the impulse to add a tight end, even though the Eagles managed to be the most efficient offense in the league in 12 personnel last season with Jack Stoll taking the lion's share of the number two tight end reps. But while I trust the doctors who say Calcaterra's concussion history is not a concern moving forward, this feels like it has a chance to backfire. I mean, how much could a six round pick really backfire, Bo? Calm down. I was partial to Michigan State's Connor Hayward among the tight ends on the board, even if he's more of an H-back. Leaving the secondary unaddressed made sense to some degree, as it may have given the Eagles a bargaining chip with undrafted free agents. Oh, that, that was a good call. They ended up signing three undrafted rookies uh, mm -hmm. at corner. Okay, solid write-up. 
Chestnut checkers there, right? Now, here. Zach, you must have given it a, given it an A, considering how much you you think you gassed it up, right? I forget my grade. What did I say? What would what would constitute th- saying it's a good pick? B. Uh, you gave it a B minus. A tight end with upside in the sixth round is often a sensible pick. However, there is major risk in taking someone whose concussion history prompted him to once retire from football. You worry about what would happen if that history continues in the NFL. He has a combination of production and traits. So at that point in the draft, there's a reason to take a swing. The risk variance is different than most situations, though. Okay, solid write up. But it's not exactly like you said they nailed this pick. So let's let's calm down. Take it easy. Okay, fair enough. Okay. Fair enough. I I I just said I, I I recall saying of the late round tight ends, he was the guy that I I liked the most based on the way he played. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'll give you my uh, undrafted or my uh, backup offensive line depth chart note of the day. Uh, in terms, Marissa's of all over different. this one. She, she's yeah. she's nodding her head. This is this what is, I'm here for. Let's this go. This is the Marissa Dunn. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Of course, <laughs> of the show. Of course, you will recall that on Wednesday, the uh, first team had Cam Jurgens at center uh, because Jason Kelsey was not practicing, and with the second team, it was from left to right: Andre Dillard, Sua Opeta, Jack Anderson at center, Coyote Awashika at right guard, and Jack Driscoll at right tackle. Now, that's how it, they lined up in team drills today because Kelsey did not participate in team drills. But in individual drills with the offensive line, the second team was Diller, Opeta, Jurgens at center, Jack Anderson at right guard, and Driscoll at right tackle. So Anderson uh, showing that flexibility center guard and bumping Coyote down to the third team. So just a, a little bit of a note on the pecking order of where Jack Anderson is relative to the rest of the on the backup offensive line. And of course, Jack Anderson was drafted last year. Coyote Awashika was not drafted last year. So not by the Eagles. Not by the Eagles, no. But just just to, just from a sense of maybe how he was viewed around the league, right? Sure. Uh anything else? Um no, I mean I'm I'm looking here coverage. James Sanders, Bradbury had a uh, had a pass breakup today. So I, I was talking to Hassan Reddick when Bradbury talked after practice. Were you able to? No, no I, I, I think I think you were talking to somebody else. else. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, I I thought Gannon gave a good answer about the uh, the practice schedule. Right? You're trying to just walk back the doofus thing. You're going to look for a way to gas no. him up. No, I mean, trust me. I, I I think of the people on this podcast, I probably guessed up Gannon more than anyone else. He was so, nominated for the Zach Stubbert of the year, of course. Yeah, Osprey yeah, nominated, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, no, but he, he, he said um, that uh, his his point, and I think of all of us, Marissa can probably nod her head when she hears this, says, uh, you it's, don't good, see- it's good for the audio medium aspect of this. Yes. You don't see the walkthroughs and the hours of meetings that these guys go through in the film study and the film session. Our guys will be ready to go with the schedule, and I actually think they'll be more ready to go this year. Uh, and I, I bring that up because we are focusing on the parts of training camp that we personally see them, like when they're on the field. But so much of training camp um, happens in the meeting rooms. You know, they're they're there late at at, at nights. The hours are different in training camp than they are during the season. Uh, so the Eagles say that they're doing a lot that goes beyond the on-field work. The on-field work would cause more injuries, but in their opinion, 
they're doing more to prepare their players for the season. So anyways, I thought that was something from Gannon. That was an interesting explanation here. Would you say that you are um, internally nodding your head, Marissa? Yes. <laughs> okay. For all the audio listeners, head nod, head nod. Are the hours considerably different during training camp? I, I would say pretty much, yeah. yeah. Um, I think they're about, you know, 12, 13 hour days, 14 hour days. Um, Michael's been staying in the hotel, actually. So I haven't even seen him um, because, you know, to focus. So I, I would definitely agree with that, that statement. Which is probably a, a good idea because the Ospreys might be on in the background while exactly. he's, while he's yeah. studying the playbook. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, he's, he's watching them, probably. <laughs> yeah. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. I have a question for you, Zach. Fire away. Two days, only two days of practice. Nothing to get uh, too upset about. As you told us. Yes. But uh, not a... Nary a Devonte Smith moment through two days of of camp. Are you? Is that on your radar at all? That uh, is is there a chance that that we're not getting enough Devonte Smith that we will that his season will will leave us wanting? No, it would really surprise me if that was the case. I think Devonte's. I mean, if I was making a list of players I was most concerned about, the players I was least concerned about, Devonte Smith would be near the bottom of that list. Okay. I don't disagree. I'm just would would you agree that uh, we have not he has not done anything over the first two days of practice? He hasn't done much. I would agree with that. Yeah, okay. at least in team drills, right? I yeah. mean, yeah, he's smooth in individual drills. You're over watching the linemen. You know, I'm yeah, yeah. So if you watch individual drills, you you just see how natural of a of a pass catcher he is. Okay. I I asked Devonte yesterday, just trying to get some some like uh, you know color in these stories. I asked him uh, what his uh, the most fun thing he did this summer was, and what do you think he said? Um, watching the Ospreys? <laughs> no, uh, playing Call of Duty. Okay. Do you think the Eagles are going to have to put it in his contract that he has to study the tape <laughs> for four hours a week? Uh, no, I, I I don't. Devontae's an early riser. He's he's there early in the morning. So. Yeah, I you know it's always tough. Like who, you know, uh, Jalen Hurts and AJ Brown saying that they get there first. Like, is that a shot? Is that a shot at Devontae Smith? I don't. I mean, I'm. I think we all expect that Devontae Smith's there early and often. But you, you know, guys have been describing Marcus Epps as the like nobody works harder than Marcus Epps. But yeah. you know, that means that you're, you're taking a shot. It's not yeah. only one person can be the hardest yeah. working. So I, I'm, I'm actually curious as as you say this because. Because you and I have have different work hour habits, right? You're mm -hmm. uh, working through the middle of the night guy. I'm a get up early and work guy, right? right. Um, so if if someone was doing a story on us, which one sounds more impressive? This guy's uh, working on his stories until 3 a.m. in the morning 
or this guy's up at 5 a.m. working on his stories. I think Marissa, yours, you chime in. I think yours sounds much more impressive. No, <laughs> I think you both are very hardworking in different Absol- ways, different absolutely. hours of the day. Yeah, different so hours. It can yeah. both be commended. Yeah. Yeah, between the two of us, one is always working at every hour of the day. Yeah. No, I, no, I think I think yours sounds better. You're 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 uh, invigorated by that. it. I'm like, yeah. no, you're the done but at, no, at the last you, second. But. No, I'm you're. You're great throughout the night, as we've seen on these podcasts, right? Like I, I, I have trouble functioning after some of these Monday night games, and maybe we owe you, we owe, we owe you another early morning pod at some point. I would love that, but we haven't done an early morning pod yet. We've done like nine a.m. That's not early morning. Didn't we do one early one? It was nine a.m. Yeah, no. that's not. I thought that we early. did. I thought we did a, like a seven a.m. We didn't. No, I think we did I like mean, nine. Yeah, no, yeah okay. it was the earliest. Yeah, yeah right. it, it was early for you. Um, yeah, but, yeah. I, mean, uh, I don't want to yeah. put that on Marissa either. <laughs> I yeah. mean, I'm down for it. <laughs> yeah, give me a 5 a.m. pod, and I'm all over that. Yep. Oof, I was up at I've been I was up at five with uh, Jane today. A woman that woman needs <laughs> to be. She's just all over the place. She's just <laughs> like totally running the house, and just uh, what a wild woman. So, um, we did get a. A uh, question in the chat that I thought was interesting because we did touch on this in the beginning during the laughing portion of the pod. Um, is Vic Fangio a consultant for the Eagles this season? Uh, good question. So not that I know formally. I mean, this is the time of year when you see uh, a kind of coaches who, who might be between jobs um, come to visit camp. You know, I, I, I vividly recall Mike McCoy coming to a camp, I think it was last Two year. Two years in a row. Yeah. So uh, Jack, uh, John Fox. Yes. Exactly. So from my end, and you saw last year, for instance, Doug Peterson made his camp tour. He was at Chicago's camp. He was at Indianapolis's camp. So from my understanding, and and I'll get clarification here, but I I think he was just visiting. Um, I don't. Uh, yeah, he wasn't wearing any gear. He wasn't there the other day. Yeah. I, it's it. I doubt it's an official capacity. He's also getting paid by the Broncos not to work, right? So there's not really much incentive. But if you were Jeffrey Lurie. And Vic Fangio came into your office today after practice and said, I'm willing to be your defensive coordinator if you fire Jonathan Gannon. What would you say? I would say that's a poor way to run a staff if you would do that. So, um, no, I mean, look, you built this around Gannon, but I would, yeah, I would, I mean, Vic Fangio, I would try to get, I mean, I would try on. to get him into, I would try to get him into the building. I mean, I, I think that, I mean, I mean, that would be some power play, by the way. Wait for him to do that. Yeah, Five If you could, if you were Jeffrey Lurie and you could flip a switch, yeah. and it wasn't, it, it wasn't quite so messy that you could just have Vic Fangio be your defensive coordinator I mean, today. Look, I gotta say this: Gannon was one of the reasons why he hired Sirianni. Right? Sirianni came to the interview saying, "I, I could bring this guy, Jonathan." Yeah, Gannon. but that's because Fangio had a job. That's true. Yeah, I mean, Vic Fangio is a very accomplished defensive coordinator. So if if things were equal, that's probably something you would have to. You'd have to consider, but I, I'm look. I, it's such a odd hypothetical to ask. I, I don't. what if Fang, what if what if Fangio said I will do it, and you can keep Gannon, but you have to fire Shane Steichen and make Pat Shermer the offensive coordinator. <laughs> that would be an even odder request. <laughs> I mean, would you, what, you Jeff, rather? Jeffrey have... Murray does love him some Pat Shermer, right? Mm. So uh, yeah. So I, I mean, he I, he might be interested in. In that one, but Steichen's the play card. Hurts is the same play card two years in a row. Mm, that's true. You don't want to, yeah. You don't want to take away that that little nugget yeah. that Hurts has. That it's yes. the first time since high school he's had the same play exactly. card two years since in a he row. was sixteen. Mm. 
Yeah, but think about what Pat Shermer could do with a talent like that. Uh, so okay. what else is on your mind, Bo? Uh, I don't think I think that's about it. Looking through okay. my notes, uh, uh, Wild Bill Dunkel, undrafted uh, offensive lineman, was leading the way downfield on a screen today, r- rocking and rolling and rumbling. You like what you saw there? Wrote that down. Uh, yeah. What'd you make of Jalen Rager today? The same that I've seen from him in the past uh not a lot to be inspired by i mean the guy's had a tough road no doubt about it uh and you feel for him but yeah I, I, i'm not the the player uh, does not do much for me how about you how about gardner Minshew? what do you make of, of the way he's performing i thought he was good on day one and not as good today S- similar to jalen hurts what about you you're asking, you're asking like uh, leading questions. I feel like you have your own opinion. There's literally nothing leading about these questions. How do you think so and so is playing? I'm not leading. I'm, I'm simply getting your opinion in front of an audience of X amount of people. How about how about Jordan Davis? We haven't talked to any uh, Jordan Davis. Yeah, so I, I mean, it's tough to tell. I watch a lot of Jordan Davis, um, and you know he's he's playing the way he did at Georgia. They they haven't run the ball that much, right? Like so they're you don't really get to see how he is in terms of run fits. They ran the bell a little more today than they did yesterday. Um, but uh, as far as him, hey, I'm, I'm reading this on the screen. Shield did indeed hate the pick. But most of the jokes about horses and Mustangs, but was fine with it. Zach defended the pick. Because, okay. You did call him Calcutta. <laughs> yes, I did. I did. Uh, no, I think I said I had it in an interview where I called him Calcutta. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because I, 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 I called him Grant. And you said you're on a mm. first name basis. And I said, I just did an interview with Derek Gunn and I called him Calcutta. Right? <laughs> um, so I said, I'm going with Grant. <laughs> um, yeah. So Jordan Davis, uh, I mean, look, he I, occupies, he occupies blockers. I, I, I can say that hasn't done much in terms of penetration so far. Um, but uh, the movement is there and right. Like, um, you know, I thought somebody, Jason Kelsey, okay. I, I thought Jason Kelsey gave good insight today. Jason Kelsey said, like, you see a guy who's 6'6", 340, runs a 4'7", you think that, you know, he, sh- he should be good at football. But what's jumped out to Kelsey is the way Davis is during um, walkthroughs that he's not kind of – he's not going through the motions. He's doing everything that he's supposed to do. He has the big bug eyes. The bug eyes. Yes. And he says when someone has that during – Of course, bug eyes, uh, a very good song by Mount Joy. Go ahead. Yeah, so he says when someone has that during – um, walkthroughs, you you know this person's like really into it. He's not just kind of getting through to the end of the walkthrough. And look, from your first over, from your first round pick, someone who has like the the tools in the body, as we talked about in uh, in uh, during the draft week, you want to see that side of it. And from indications so far, he has that early on. I thought that uh, answer from Kelsey was like such a good example yeah. of why he's going to be like an excellent. Uh, media personality in whatever he wants to do. Like his, his, his description of that was so good. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. So maybe he can replace you. I mean, that would be great for, for uh, ratings. I bet if we had, if we had Jason Kelsey, as a regular guest. it reminds <laughs> me, it reminds me of uh, a very embarrassing moment where uh, before his final season, I think over the, over the 
summer before his final season, Chris Long had mentioned like publicly or something that he had an idea that he wanted to do. He, he wanted to start a podcast when he stopped playing. And I went over to him in the, in the locker room and, and told him, you know, I think, you know, if we, if you wanted to, like, we could probably do that at the athletic, like you could, you know, you could do the podcast with us. He was like, uh, I've actually like, I've already got something lined up. It's like, okay, sorry. <laughs> you shot your shot, right? It would have been good. Yeah. You don't know if you don't ask. That's, yeah, yeah. That's, back that's to uh, back to your back to your uh, live <laughs> looking live at your guma. I don't I don't know what that term means. Um, what? No way, Zach. Did you watch The Sopranos? Yeah, I did. I did. Um, Google. Okay. Oh, oh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right, all right. A, little, a little mashed potatoes. Yes. Okay. All right. I see now. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. Well, you know, tidy, tidy one hour, just, just about as long as an Eagles practice. Uh, that'll be, that'll be good for us. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow at some point following Saturday's practice, maybe a little bit earlier in the afternoon so that, uh, so that MD can get to that Browns practice and, uh, you know, away we go. Day three, day three, typically, uh, when you learn a lot more about the team, I feel, you know, that's, that's when it's three days and you can really make sweeping judgments about yeah, the, the course yeah, of the yeah, season. Uh, I'm curious, when will your observations start to matter? The observations matter, but it's all part of a larger puzzle. It's all part of a larger picture. It's like it's like you stack the days, you know. That's You're going to get better. You don't get you don't become a good team in one day. You got to stack the days. You're right. You're right. Okay. All right. Well, make sure you read Zach's uh, written observations on today's practice. We'll be back again tomorrow, as we said. And... For Elijah and Marissa and Zach, I'm Bo. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. And as always, we love you.